So, folks, in this SFN Anthology Volume 1 interview, we have a guest on the show who is no stranger to us because she was one of our feature storytellers in the past. She writes fantasy for children and adults alike, and sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's dark. It's pretty much a little bit of everything in between. Uh, she is the author of the Clarion Scroll series and the Abigail Wrath Versus series. Uh, she's in the lovely state of Iowa where she teaches at local community college. And uh, a lot of her fiction can be found in uh, Paper Golem Press, Daydreams Dandelion Press, and in the Mammoth Book of Diesel Punk. And so we have none other than Catherine Shaftstomp, who is the author of the short story Value. Catherine, it has been a minute. Oh, yeah. Nice to be back, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how's life? <laughs> we, we were talking about that a little bit before yeah, we started. So we're going to keep it upbeat and positive. It's great. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Good stuff. Everything's like <laughs> <hunk> the <of> dory. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. I mean, everybody's going through this COVID stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah we're we're all doing what we can with it right <laughs> but yeah uh but uh like, like i said you you contributed uh and, and you gave us a very very awesome story called value in the anthology so yes. why don't you give us uh the premise of that what's that about so you mentioned that i write the clarion scroll series and actually this is sort of a an extra for clarion readers oh. so it's a story that takes place in that universe okay which is a multi-family generational saga this is from the third generation it'll basically be the the people who are involved in books five and six okay and this is a story about a young woman who isn't one of the clarion family members but is in that magical universe um she has a run-in with a with, with a fae when she's a kid and there's a lot of fallout from that. She's a very little kid. She makes a big mistake. And her oldest sister ends up taking her place um, in the fallout that happens. And she carries that burden forward into her adult years. Right. So the price of the story is really about Sherry Pitch trying to rescue her older sister and uh, taking her place ultimately. And will that happen or will that not happen? You know, all of the things that she's going through. It's really great to know that um, when people read this story, this story, there's a lot of other adventures. There, there, like there's a whole, a whole new universe that uh, readers can follow up with on this. Way back when you had me on the show um, in you know 1954. I know, <laughs> right? Uh, I was like, don't ask me what year that was. <laughs> <laughs> many moons ago, many moons ago. Um, right, right. I was talking about in first book, uh, the Vessel of Ra. Mm -hmm. This is that universe. I call it the the Clarion Scroll universe, but it's really all about these magical families. Yeah. And all of these magical families each have a unique magical affiliation or power. Yeah. And so, you know, Sherry's family has always had this trafficking in, in fairy country. And the fairies are all sort of this dangerous thing that they're supposed to avoid. Although some of them do occasionally summon them like like the fairies are demons. You know, there are ways to pull the fairies and yeah. deals to do magic. But as a as a little kid, she just has no idea what she's up against, and she stumbles into this, and she's had she hasn't had this training at all. Oh, all right, all right. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, but I'm glad you you touched up on like the fact that's like, well, there there's well, everyone knows, you know, they're common mystical creatures, and they they come across in so many different instances and interpretations. But the ones that we see in your story, they're they're 
kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> The creepy old school fae, right? Yeah, like yeah. Like your town lone fae, or if you read any Terry Pratchett, like if you read any of the uh, Weird Sisters novels, the the kinds of fairies the witches encounter in his novels are weird. Or that perennial favorite of mine, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Morell. Yeah. I don't know if you've read that, but uh-uh. the fairies in there are, you know, fairies in there will give you nightmares. Yeah. And there really is a, a tradition in folklore. Fairies kind of got watered down by Disney and yeah. uh, by bedtime stories. Yeah. They're not, they're not Tinkerbell. Right. You know, and, and they're not the Blue Fairy. Although, frankly, I find the Blue Fairy to be horrifying. She animates wooden children and, you know, it's, it's like, she, she's, she's asking a lot about little kids. Yeah. In a very fairy-like way. Sure. So fairies are very scary. Um, think of fairies like aliens or think of fairies like demons or like heavenly yeah. creatures. They're, they're not like us. And that is, they're not like us in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And they have certain things that they like to manipulate and do. Maybe, maybe you know, your your uh, troublesome cousin who's always got an angle or something. Right. That's, I definitely yeah, got that yeah. vibe. Very, yeah, uh, it's very fun. It, it's it's nice going back to that old school <laughs> interpretation of, of fairies because because you know because you know that that kind of reminds me of like you know stories like Rumpelstiltskin that's like I that was like those are the type of stories oh I, I, I loved Rumpel, that was like one of my favorite stories like back in the day and everything so kind of going back to the old trying to true in a sense with this story so. so I don't know if you watch Once Upon a Time I'm sort of embarrassed that I, I did I did for a couple of I, I, I caught a couple of episodes yeah. here and there yeah so they have an interesting portrayal of Rumpelstiltskin in that. Mm-hmm. And it's very old school fairy. Yeah. It's like, he's always got an angle. He's always looking for ways to, to do things to cheat you. Yeah. He's not afraid of screwing you over. And so Rumpelstiltskin is a brilliant example. Yeah. Of one of those sort of dangerous natural creatures that you really don't want to deal with. Right. Exactly. And, and so and so going back to uh sherry and and you had mentioned this and as far as the princess is her she she's carrying this huge piece of personal baggage due to yeah. a careless act that any child could 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 abandon everything but so um going back to the fact that uh this uh is centered around these old school type of fairies is, is there a cautionary lesson to take in value wow. Well, I guess you probably shouldn't pick fairy flowers, but that's not a very practical cautionary yeah. <laughs> um, Unless you're Brian Fruit and you really buy that, but there are fairies. No, oh, okay. yeah. It's sort of like, I think the story is more not about, like, don't do this, mm-hmm. but, like, I know a lot of people who have had done things in their past life where, where they've made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when we're all young adolescents, we have those things we've done that are cringeworthy. That yes. Sometimes even still haunt us. Right. right, yeah. And I think, I think without giving away the ending of the story, I think that what Sherry has to do in this story is learn to find a way to accept that making these kinds of mistakes, that's, that's okay. It's going to happen. It's going to you happen. you got to forgive yeah. yourself. And, and in some ways, it looks like, I mean, the fairy does trap her. He's a son. He's terrible. Sorry, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you use that on your show. Oh, um, oh, it's great. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. we, we, we have a laser beam sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he's, he's a bad guy, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but part of the, the reason I'm looking at that is how much do other people entangle us and how much do we entangle ourselves? Yeah. Right? right. So that's something that the character really has to look at. Um, and it's also interesting. I mean, I know we're going to talk about 
arrow wants the bonus, but it's like you've got these two guys who are stepping up to rescue the damsel, right? Yeah. And it's like, how much do other how much can you rely on other people and how much do you have to rely on yourself? Right. And so rather than a cautionary tale, it's sort of like an examination of what you expect of yourself and, and can you forgive yourself. Very true. Very good. Very good. Okay, and, and so and you already spoke up on this. Uh going back to these would be suitors. We have uh yeah. Stephanus. Stephanus. Right? Oh my goodness. See, I told you. Stephanus is not bad. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's but, one of those weird Latin fake fake Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have Stephanus and and Errol. Okay, I was about to say that's simple enough. There's no way I can butcher that. <laughs> you got that one perfectly. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. But uh, but both of these are they, they, these are some good these are some good decent fellows like in their own like um but they're both completely different. Oh yeah. Um. So, but that being said, since these guys are so polarizing and so different, what is it about Sherry that would attract such different individuals? Right, that's a really good question. And you know, I have never really thought of that until your question oh. came back. Because oh. <laughs> sometimes when I write, you might find this as a writer. Sometimes as a writer, something just is. Yeah. And it's always been that way with the two of them. They, the, Stephanus and Errol grew up together, even though they're cousins. They they have this shared history. So they're, they're sort of like both intense rivals. But yeah. At the same time, they're, they're like like best friend right um there's a line in one of the books where they're talking about their cousin esme and one of the characters goes esme's much smarter than us that was stefanis and errol goes yeah but nobody's smarter than the two of us together mm. so they complete each other very mm. much yeah now now the attraction between them and sherry is very different for each one of them yeah yeah Stephanus comes from a background. He's got a younger sister who's going to have a lot of issues, and he feels like he's got to protect everybody. He's that responsible guy right. who even gets very frustrated when people don't go along with his ideas. Yes. He, know, he knows right. it's absolutely right for that. And right. sometimes he's right, and sometimes he's sure. not. He knows it in his soul. Yeah. Right? So his idea of like, I know you've got a problem, and I think I've kind of. And don't worry about it. I got it fixed for you. I You'll thank me later. You. Wait, what do you mean okay. you don't want to go with this plan? It's a great plan. I'm the one who thought of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the fun, right? Yeah. And, you know, it frustrates him when people don't see his obvious brilliance. And it just, you know, at the same time, like you say, he's a good friend. He's got your back. Yeah. He's really clever. Um, and he sees those qualities in Sherry, too. Mm. Although her stubbornness totally infuriates him because Sherry is one stubborn woman. She's yeah. very stubborn. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, Errol is like Mr. Understated. He doesn't have like a lot of emotional effusion. And there's a lot going on underneath those still waters. But but you know, he's just very perceptive and he he tends to listen more and not think about himself as much. Yeah. Yeah. So what what would attract Sherry to him? Like she is so much the opposite that she's sort of like he wishes he could be. He wishes he could be somebody who has, you know, that sort of ability to to be outrageous or stuckly in emotional ways that he himself cannot. Mm. So she's um, sort of like, wow, I, I admire the person just because they have these traits that I don't have. And, 
And sometimes I really wish I had those. Yeah. And I think I think that's that's the attraction back for Sherry as well. Yeah. You know, it's like she sees in him pieces of herself that she can't access. <laughs> Sounds like the great makings of a love triangle. Who knows? <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's an important part of this particular piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of particular pre, uh, piece, uh, do you have any other uh, projects you're currently working on? Um, the Clarion Scroll series uh, is a series of seven books that I've already kind of talked about in the podcast with you. There mm-hmm. will be four family generations of sorcerers encountering all of these interesting things about helping the Egyptian gods that they're sort of cursed with under a magical scroll in a partnership that's sort of problematic for both the gods and the family right. the newest one of those by the way is coming out on halloween Ooh. i choose to release those books on halloween because that's the clarion binder birthday every clarion who's hooked up with a god is born on halloween so it's oh clever cool. yeah so the this one's coming out and like this is like um errol's dad and his uncle and Stephanus's mom end up going to Dante's Inferno. So this is the darkest book I've ever written oh. in my freaking life. Oh, oh my! The second, the second place I play is the the middle grade universe um, that I write uh, about Abigail Rath, who is the daughter of monster hunters. She's the fourteen year old daughter who also wants to grow up to be a monster hunter. And in her series of books, she gets to learn that that is not exactly what she thinks it is. And mm. she gets to encounter lots of monsters. Like the first one is called Abigail Rath versus Bloodsucking Fiends. And it's all about how she hooks up with vampires and finds out what that's all about and finds out what monster hunting is all about. The second one, which came out last July, is Abigail Rath versus Mad Science, um, in which she has this uh, guy in her class who is a monster maker. She has to kind of encounter that. And the one I'm working on next year, I'm working on two next year because they're middle grade, so they pop off fast, mm-hmm. is Abigail Rath versus The Mummy's Hand and the rest of The Mummy too. And that's sort of my love story to all the Sudanese students I've ever taught. It's a Sudanese, Sudanese Egyptology story. Okay. About, with mummies. And then there's Abigail Rath versus The Krampus. Even though I'm doing all the books about universal monsters, I wanted to write a Christmas book. So. Oh, there you go. So, the, the, I don't know, you've probably heard of Kindle Velma. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was too much for me to resist. I used to write fan fiction. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Harry Potter site, and, you know, yeah. super popular on the side, and just very addictive. Yeah. So, that universe is my fairy universe, my changeling universe. And it's like two warriors who are basically like like classic she changelings coming in from these seasonal courts, running off to the world of mortals trying to find a missing king and running from like this this other bad dude while they encounter trolls and red caps and dead things and you know water fairies and so it's basically their misadventures in in our society and how all of the drama of this this like, big rebuttal for the throne comes around. Okay. And so I drop an episode of that every two weeks and you can pick that up on Kindle Bella. Very nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well you have been very, very uh... <laughs> very productive <laughs> so 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 kath uh where can people find you on the net well i do have a homepage. it's kathchefstump.com and it's just like it's spelled um probably on the intro of the podcast you know one word mm-hmm. and there you can sign up for my newsletter doesn't everybody have a newsletter mm-hmm. and um yeah. <laughs> and so that's a good place to find me and okay. then i am on the facebook 
I am on the Twitter. I'm on the Instagram. I have a Substack call on my right called the Chrome, which is about adventures and being kind of a hip 56 year old as opposed to, you know, oh my God, my back hurts. So I'm around is what I'm saying. All right, all right. You'll, you'll find me. You know, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry. You find me. Yeah. So, folks, there you have it. Definitely be sure to check out Value uh, when it comes out in the SFN Volume 1 Anthology. Catherine, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on here with us. It's always awesome to talk to you guys. Thanks a lot, Raphael.